Hello, PodNutsians, and welcome to another episode of the Mini PC Show Big Talk Small Computers, episode 108. They said it couldn't be done. And this episode is sponsored by John, John B. Halatiki. Thanks, John, for sponsoring us. What's up, Dor? Very cool, very cool. Um, I, it, It's beginning to become a blur how long it's been since we've done a show. So I'll say everything is fine here. Um, I have plenty of toilet paper. I have plenty of necessities. I have plenty of luxuries. I have plenty, plenty of amenities, and I'm such an introvert. I'm perfectly fine living like this till, till I die. Dude, I, I don't mean to be... I, I know there's people put out... Uh, first off, I'm an IT geek, just like you, so I can work remote and no big deal. And the nice part about that is I don't have to be 150 miles away from my house during the week to do my work. I can be home. And that means I can get up and walk around and tend my plants and stuff like that and do projects and, you know, honeydews. All that stuff's a lot easier when you're not either A, away five days a week, and B, not driving to or from there, you know. that. So, and let me just recognize the people who are suffering because I, I know there's a significant amount of people out of work and... My heart goes out to you folks, and I hope everybody's doing well and they recover quick. Um, the bad news, or good news, bad news, I guess a lot of hospitals um, aren't making money because they're not doing, you know, they're doing only emergency work, not elective surgery. And in many things, it's not like cosmetic surgery is elective surgery. Many different things are elective surgery. Like things you can choose to put off is elective surgery, basically. So uh, people are getting laid off or furloughed or whatever at hospitals, which this isn't how it should be going. I, I'm a little little disturbed or distressed about that for, for people that should be out of work. And uh, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of lawyers are running it because everybody's afraid of getting sued that they don't want to have, like, well, we opened up for business 100%, and then everybody gets COVID. So I, I think that's kind of an issue. That's a driver. Well, I'll say we always have issues. Now there's just different issues. And yes, I was told I needed surgery now. I called up the place. I said, okay, ready to schedule my surgery. They said, next available appointment is July. So anything that's not going to save your life is now put off indefinitely, which sucks. So I am like in ridiculous constant pain any and oh, no. every day on my shoulders. And there's nothing I can do about it except try to... Um, medicate myself with alternate means cheers <laughs> i'm gonna be like the biggest wimp ever i got like a little bit of a pinched nerve in my my shoulder and like certain moves hurt like right so if you have real pain in your shoulder because you use it that's that's a big deal I, i'm sorry for you well and honestly don't feel sorry for me who i feel sorry for right now are people dealing with um uh battery people dealing with spousal abuse and children dealing with abuse from their parents because right now is the absolute worst time of their life um i'll say on the bright side because you gotta if monty python taught me anything you always have to look at the bright side of life like you said i can telework i can work remotely i'm working 40 hours a week the wife is still working 40 hours a week every single chance we get we order something online to just spend money and we order food at least now three times a week from different places. We try to, you know, spread the love. And every time we give a hundred percent tip. Um, wow. hundred percent. You're, you're big tipper. Well, because I know that they're not getting in, 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 as many orders as they used to. Good for you, man. I, I thought I was generous, but you really knock it out of the park. And I've walked down the street each way a couple, more than a couple of times, knocking on doors. Most of the doors won't answer because they're petrified and terrified of the end of the end of the world. But the ones that do, I let them know if they need anything. I'm down here. Hi, I'm a nerd. Um, I can help you out. Um, I've also sent Good for you. emails basically to half of my administration where I work, staying. If you know anybody in my zip code or in my township who needs anything, please don't hesitate to let me know. Here's the bottom line: What makes America? a fantastic country is its philanthropy a mm -hmm. and b its innovation okay which i will say nothing i think has empowered the home tinkerer in the last 40 or 50 years as much as computers like the raspberry pi which sparks my passion on these mini computers because you can look at it 
and a million different people will see a million different uses for it. Uh, some people just want to stream video to it. Some people want to turn their house into home automation and other people want to make cube uh, satellites measuring gamma rays traveling through the universe. Uh, it is a true like world of wonder you can get from these mini computers. Okay, so with that introduction, I'm going to kind of spring this on you. I dropped the link in line 1245, but you can go to CNX Software, and it's the first article there. Uh, Raspberry Pi powered ventilators and 80-plus open-source ventilators listed in rank. So apparently, uh, the Raspberry Pi Foundation is ramping up production on Pi Zeros, because somebody came up with a Pi-powered ventilator and it uses a Pi Zero. $5 computer to power your ventilator. How cool is that? Uh, don't get me wrong. It's cool. And that's what I like about open source is that, you know, what we do, quote unquote, not me, but we, the greater we, do in the open source world is we see a need and we fill it. We don't care about laws. We don't care about barriers. We don't care about expectations. We just find a way to get it done and make it happen. Um, I will say, I'm going to try to put this link in the notes too, and I'm going to put this in the uh, YouTube chat. If you're watching us live, and if you're not watching us live, I'm sorry, but we do go live. We try to go live every Wednesday night around 9 p.m. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, Podnuts, uh, Discord, or other services, and we will let you know when we go live. Hell, even IRC. Um, and what I'm going to share is a link to what is a COVID health needs trends hospital resource use deaths per day total deaths and what you can see by looking at this graph is we've already reached peak numbers so the the united states at least is not in future need of ventilators or respirators we're fine which is why you've started to hear in the last couple of days states are now starting to give their stocks back to the national like uh stockpile to help give out to other places that do need it and i do perceive very shortly we here in the united states are going to start to ship massive amounts of resources overseas especially to places mm -hmm. like india where they're going to need it basically dare i say more than us well they, you know it's one thing looking at a curve like this but that's based on everybody staying home what's going to happen when we start heading out well and that's why i'm almost but I'm not really, I'm almost, eh, you really don't want to be, but I'm almost okay with news organizations fear-mongering people to stay home. Uh, you mean like that hurricane's going to kill you, it's going to kill you, you're all going to die. Yes, and the exact example I'll use is my father was a Baltimore City cop who was working 30 to 40 to 50 years ago kind of thing. And he said there used to be a time where we knew there was a hurricane coming. We would stand at our post with our arms crossed and you would see a big dummy run past you to go towards the inner harbor of Baltimore because they thought they could like ride a wave. And you would just look at him and say, huh, there goes another one. But because of <laughs> political correctness there at the end, he said, now we have to risk our life to go make sure they don't die. Kind you of mean thing. Darwin doesn't get to take care of it? No, no, these days we can't let that happen. We have to protect everybody, including the people that literally don't, I don't want to say deserve protection, but, you know, the people who in history's past would have just been taken care of. Um, I'll say with this kind of thing, um, you know, I'm okay with people being afraid to go outside because the more people that stay inside, you know, the better every elderly senior citizen person with severe diabetes, person with severe heart disease, or person with um, a autoimmune disease, the safer they are. Um, and judging by like the number of people sitting home watching the Tiger King, maybe they need to be scared to stay home. I, I haven't watched the Tiger King, and I'm a little surprised at how much that permeated the culture. That there, there wasn't a show, a YouTube channel, anything that you couldn't turn on and you'd hear something of the Tiger King. Well, and I'll put it like this. This is the same reason I can't live in a place like New York City, because there's too many stupid people too close to me. I, there's only so many stupid people I can interact in any given day, and I have a job where there's enough of them already. So when Wait. I come home, the last thing I want to do is watch stupid people like Tiger King. Now, I, I will say, almost like it, but not really, McMillions on HBO, 
was good because it was literally a little bit of stupidity, a little bit of mafia, a little bit of FBI, a little bit of like attorney general. So it's actually kind of almost smart uh, publications. But I just glanced at Tiger King once and said, no, I'm okay if everyone on this show dies. So why do I want to watch it? So or in the prepper community, there's the concept of a bug out bag. And I, I live in a, believe it or not, I'm in Palm Beach County, but I live in the rural portion of Palm Beach County. Um, I have a get home bag and basically bug in bags. Like this is stuff for, you know, getting back to the Hughes Compound Southern Command. And this is stuff I need if crap hits the fan. And I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, Look, right now, every extreme couponer is sitting there with their coupons, like throwing money in the air, like, ha, 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 I was right. I was right. I got a basement full of toilet paper. I am right. Look, the a broken clock is right twice a day. It doesn't mean you're actually right. Um, well, and I, I agree with you fully on that, because who would have ever predicted this? Nobody's predicting this. Somebody is, but also somebody is also predicting tomorrow that flying pigs are going to come down and be actual gods. Right, right. I, so, when was the last time the whole planet shut down? You know. The... <laughs> well, you know. Oh, and I'll say it like this. Many computers proliferating through everything will only make the next time something happens where instead of killing 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6, whatever the number actually turns out to be, to where it actually turns out to be like, you know, 10% of the people dead from a disease, many computers proliferating through every ecosystem. And I don't mean just first world. I mean, everything, every little town in Africa, every little offbeat place in Asia, when many computers proliferate everywhere, then we could literally sit at our homes, order things, have automated machines, sanitize them and drop them off at our front step. To where uh, the next time a pandemic like this happens, in air quotes, because there's real no definition for the world pandemic, we would all just literally have to not congregate for two weeks and the virus would be wiped off the face of the planet forever and no one would have to worry about it. It wouldn't take two months, three months or six months. It would literally only take two weeks because that's the life of how long it takes someone to start to show severe symptoms. Mm -hmm. But what do I know? I'm just a nerd. Right, right. So I'll say this. I haven't had a lot of chance to do a lot of things with a lot of mini computers since we last um, uh, played around. But I will say I did uh, upgrade my next cloud server to version 18, which was the, the big version put out maybe a month ago. Uh, it finally hit my repo so I could upgrade to it. I did have a permissions issue. I still haven't addressed because I just found out about it today, which I'm 99% sure I can just log into. It's called the NCP, the next cloud um, panel, and just click a button that says fix permissions. <laughs> and once I do, then I'm going to start to upgrade my streaming rig, which is an x86 computer. Um, I bought a two terabyte uh, hard drive uh, off a of new egg. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to literally disconnect the current drive, connect this, get everything up and running. When I'm satisfied, copy things over from the old hard drive, make my new drive the primary drive, pull the old drive out, and then turn that into my data drive for my next cloud. And then I plan to actually use next cloud as a daily driver for not just files, not just text notes, but actual email, password management, and more is what I'll say. Oh, dude, you know, it's good talking to you because I, I was like, I had an issue where I could have used NextCloud today and I didn't think of it as a solution. So thanks. You, you put a bug in my head on that one. Well, and what, I'm, what, what I would like to do, I'm not going to guarantee I can do, what I would like to do is literally just pull out the SD card from my Rock 64, put a fresh installation of Own Your Bits version of NextCloud Pi on SD card and actually screen record the actual setup because it's not difficult at all. Um, but there's a couple little things that people should do. Um, and I'll put it like this. If anybody knows the reason we have SSL TLS certificates, it's there's two reasons. One is for a trust in the chain of trust. Two is so you have a secure communication from point A to point B. I personally do not trust any certificate authority because I know they've all been infiltrated by governments throughout the world. 
The example I use is, I think it was 40 years ago, there was a security company over in Europe that was doing encryption, where the United States got into that company. That company then started to offer the world encryption. As it turns out, for 40 years, all of the encryption they offered had a back door in it. Every country in the world bought encryption from that company. I don't trust SSL certificate providers for my personal data. Now, for Panos.com, I'll put one of those certificate authorities on it because I really don't care who has access to anything on that website. Um, it's supposed to be in the public and the clear to where the U U.S. government, the Saudi government, the Russian government, the Turkish government, the Chinese government, all can have complete access to that domain. That's why it's out there. But my personal Nextcloud instance, I have a self-signed cert for a reason because I signed it. I trust it. And if you don't trust me, then I don't want you on my Nextcloud server is the way I put it. Well said. Well, because I once in a while send a link to my Nextcloud server, like a shared folder, and the person literally responds. It says that I'm in danger of... Oh, oh. And I say, yeah. you're right, you are. Just ignore it. Uh... I know, I know. But look, those kinds of people also watch Tiger King. They watch Jersey Shore. They watch The Bachelor. You know, Britney Spears won a Grammy. Doesn't mean she has talent or she's any good, but you know. Indeed. So I will say there's only been really one mini computer that actually caught my eye. And it caught my eye, I'm not going to lie, for all of the wrong reasons. L line 1236 in the notes. Um, it's called the Odyssey, which I will say also like this. I don't know if you remember, Rich, but there was an Odyssey gaming platform back in... Oh my gonna, God, yeah. I'm going to date myself, maybe 74? Was it 70? No, it wasn't that. It was before was 78, it? I'm positive, I think. Um, okay, but wasn't it the Odyssey two? Uh, well, there was there was actually twenty different Odysseys. The Odyssey two was the first one that actually took off and got popular. But yeah, um, there's a single board computer. It's an x86 single board computer. That that means it supports Windows, Linux, but it also supports our um our um our um Duino, and it's the and it just rolls off the tongue. It's the Odyssey x86. J four one zero five eight zero zero just rolls off the tongue. It's by Seed Studio S E E E D Studio, which I will say I'm gaining a lot of respect for what they have on their website and what they put out. It's a Gemini Lake Intel Celeron J forty one zero five processor, uh, up to I believe eight gigs of RAM. It might start with eight gigs of RAM now that I say it out loud. Um, you know, it's a really great form factor of a board it has really good features of it it literally has like one type c one type 3.1 a one um, of two usb 2.0 one hdmi two gigabit ethernet 802.11 ac bluetooth 5 it has an m.2 connector for sata 2 storage a micro sd card optional 64 gig mmc module starts out at $188, okay? When you put the 64 gig EMMC on, it goes just over $200 with a non-activated version of Windows. And then when you get the actual activated Windows on it with the 64 gig EMMC, I want to say it's $235. That's hmm. a bit much. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's feature rich. I mean, it really is. For 8 gigs of RAM, uh, I think that's probably a reasonably good price. Uh, it, and I keep talking about PFSense, so this is something you could run PFSense on because they're open source on their Intel code. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think it has some good features in that range. But, yeah, you know, 188 bucks or it's, it's more than the SBC world, you know, ARM SBC world is looking to pay. Well... If you need PFSense in an environment where, quite literally, you have like 50-plus desktop computers at a time going through that gateway, I could see needing something this higher spec. Because um, there are a couple uh, mini PCs out there with dual gig where you can get for like less than like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Uh -huh. um, so this, to me, fits. And here's the only way I can describe this. We've all now been unbelievably accosted with the image, or at least the 
you know, artistic image of a coronavirus where you have this sphere and then you have these things shooting, jetting out of it. I feel like that's what's happening right now in the mini PC world is we've had this core of mini computers, but things that are shooting for the niche are shooting really hard and really fast, really dramatic because there's no reason why they couldn't do an x86 computer with, I'll just say, less specs and more functionality for like $110. But no, they decided to go, you know, true dual gig NIC, M.2, 8 gigs of RAM, 64 gig EMMC with like a lot of bells and whistles pushing that like niche out to the extreme. Um, and I will say ETA Prime and I do believe explaining computers are both did decent videos on this device, but each video like a third the way into, I just like shrugged my shoulders and like, man, it's nice. But I mean, I don't even know what I would use it for. Um, it, maybe if I was trying to do like a high end, ridiculous video game stand up cabinet console, but you know, that's about it. Okay. So I don't know if this comes with the power supply or not, but it does take 12 to 19 volts and it's a barrel connector. So 5.5 slash 2.1 millimeter barrel connector. So pretty much any laptop power supply you have will run this thing. So well, if it does come with power, great. If not, that's okay too. Well, I do know explaining computers when he got it, he got the board. He had two antennas. One was for Wi-Fi, one was for Bluetooth. And I will say when you have a physical antenna, unlike the Raspberry Pi, physical antenna will increase the stability of the connections mm -hmm. tenfold, but the range at least two to threefold. It also came with a dedicated SATA connector. It also came with the battery for the BIOS battery, and it did come with a power connector with four different adapters for four different um uh, oh, regions of the world. I'm going through their site, and yeah, it does look like it comes with a wall board. Yeah. For 188 bucks, I don't want to say it better. I'll just say this. I'm really glad that it does. Um, okay. The up board and the up squared board were sold a la carte. So, yeah, you needed to add, you know, the power supply, all of that kind of stuff. And that's one of the... When... This is actually not a bad price, considering you get the RAM, 8 gigs of RAM, a decent CPU, and a whole bunch of other features. Well, I'll what I'll say is I have mixed feelings about it, because it's not a bad price, but I don't like the fact that the RAM is soldered onto the board. It's not the end of the world, but we've seen other mini computers, I'll just say this, similarly priced. They're definitely mm -hmm. a little bit probably more expensive after you add the RAM on. Literally, they go up to having 32 gigs worth of RAM available onto them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. I, again, I boy, I guess maybe my two go-to's in the Intel world are you know uh, PFSense uh, and you know a Linux cluster. I mean, not a Linux cluster, a uh, VMware home lab setup. You know, you get three of these, boom, you got a home lab, and you don't have to have storage on the device. You could just have uh, I don't know. Does it have an SD card to boot? Yeah, that looks like an SD card, though. So, yeah, you drop in three SD cards, you got everything to go. Sorry, I've completely forgot to load. On my phone, I completely forgot. I have a, um OBS, quote-unquote, remote. Oh. Where on my phone, I can do camera switching, which really does make it much easier for me to do camera switching, listen to you, respond to you, and actually look at the chat, which I, for the first half of this show, I completely forgot. So, I'm sorry. Oh, that, that's okay. And I'm completely distracted because my daughter has taken to scratch baking. Uh, being that she's now 18 and has scratch baked two things, uh, she's doing like lemon something muffins and the scent is overwhelming. You had me at baking. Um, I don't bake. I cook. So when I yeah. when there's good baking going on, it's definitely really good. And, you know, I, I have been ordering in stuff. Not not necessarily all food. Uh, I took. I finally bit the bullet. You know, on tilts they talk about sous vide. I always want to say sous vide. I did get a sous vide, sous vide, and or sous vide. And I, anyhow, whatever. How much? Oh, crap! It's like fifty bucks. I got a 50, like uh, fifty dollar Amazon one. The hundred dollar one had you know like Wi Fi and an app and all that bit. And I'm like, 
the now here's the cool thing about the fifty dollar one, and, and I don't know if I need to post a link on this, but um, if you set it and pull the cord, it has your settings in there. I don't know if you have to press go, but you could put you know one of those remote wall wart timers on it and have it click on. I'm pretty sure I, I got to check that. I haven't tested that. Well, to me, I would but, definitely like that. Uh, I am I am a sous vide convert. Well, I here's what I've been told. You get the sous vide, and the sous vide is literally just a piece of hardware and then a thing that circulates the water and heats it. Okay. You just go to your local restaurant store and you get like a clear plastic container. You just use that because it, it works just fine. The gimmick is you used to leave for work in the morning. You could literally leave for the work in the morning, put two steaks in the airtight bag, put the bag in the container, put the sous vide on, set the sous vide for the, whatever temperature you wanted, come home at your leisure, pull the bag out because it would never go above a certain temperature and then just pull the steaks out, throw it in a super hot pan. You could get the, you know, uh, crisp. Yeah, steak. sear the outside. Yeah, 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 sear it. Thank you. Uh, sear it. And then you have the magnifique, perfect steak every damn time. And I'll say this, in cooking and like everything else, there's a reason I run Ubuntu LTS. There's a reason I run Debian Stable. I like stability and consistency, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's why sous vide to me is so damn desirable. But every time I went and tried to look at one, it was like a hundred and something dollars, and I knew I'm not convincing the wife that this is worth the money. But fifty, hey, I might be able to. So yeah, I'll, I'll share the link with you, and I uh, I don't know if you want to post in the show notes also. But uh, my wife now here's the interesting thing: is steak that you would normally get. Uh, and didn't want to buy or eat because it was too chewy if you cooked it on the grill is actually pretty damn good. So the sell point, the selling point to the spouse is, hey, uh, we can now buy cheaper steaks and get better quality out of them. Rich, I love you. I can't go to anybody at my job and convince them to make a decision based upon saving money because that's not their concern. It's all, in air quotes, free money. It's all taxpayers' money. They don't have to work for it. Um, my wife is kind of similar now that I think that out loud. It's incredibly sad. But she'll happily spend $4,000 on a couch and then want to spend $700 on a bed, which just makes me want to change the subject. <laughs> Dude, we'll have to talk and have some drinks later. Too late. Already started. Okay, now. The next in the notes that I found to be honestly um, hopeful for a lot of things in the future was line 1233. And the main reason is, Rich, we've talked in the past a great deal about when is VMware going to start to unload and admit that you can use a Raspberry Pi for a host and you'll be able to do a lot of management off on this ARM computing platform. And this might be the thing. That does it because competition drives innovation. It just, you know, just because innovation can happen or should happen n is never a reason for it to happen. It's always competition. And Canonical doubles down on Raspberry Pi support, promises new tools and services. This is over at 9to5linux.com, which I do believe is a sister website of 9to5google.com which does at least, I want to say, one or two podcasts that I subscribe to. Tangent, because I can do this. I started a new podcast, Rich. Um, I thought to myself, self, I want to review every podcast I listened to that I took a look, wow. and it was 155 different podcasts. And I said, even if I spend one minute talking about the podcast, that's over two hours. I can't do that. So instead, I launched a new podcast called The Revolving Door, uh, each podcast, its goal is to be less than three minutes long. Usually it's less than two minutes long. And it's just a quick podcast review. Um, I'll just say it like this. Last week, this is the bumper for the next weeks coming up. Last week, I listened to seven days and two hours worth of podcast in seven days. Um, I listened to 229, I believe it was, different episodes. I'm now subscribed to 170 different podcasts. One podcast a day, that's nearly six months worth of content. So right now I have six months worth of content coming out in two to three minute chunks every single day. So if you want to know what I listen to, 
you need to check out the revolving door because it's going oh, to cool. be it's going to be like a baby throwing up. It's just not going to stop. And for those of you that do not have door on speed dial, in fact, I don't even have your phone number door. Um, if I have any tech question, I ask door because I may know the answer, but he may have heard something on a podcast somewhere with a better answer. Well, and that's the thing. I listen, and the the only way I can do any kind of comparison, it's like in the science world, I listen to everything from Carl Sagan Cosmos to Ancient Aliens with the hair guy. Um, I don't care. I listen to everything because perspective is reality. I want to hear everybody's perspective on everything, okay? Now, to go back to this 9 to 5 Lennox article, Canonical doubles down on Raspberry Pi support promises new tools and services. Perspective is reality. I want companies like VMware. I want companies like Nutanix. I want companies like Dell to just say, what, what, they're doing what? We need to do better. We need to beat them. We need to innovate harder. We need to own this market. Do you know how much money we can make? That's what I want companies to think. So I'm really, look, I'm not a canonical fan. I run Ubuntu, yes. I'm not a canonical fan, but I'm a fan of people challenging other companies. I'm a fan of just companies going out and innovating for the sake of innovating, thus just spurring competition. And when I saw this, I thought it's about damn time. I want every company in the world to say to themselves at a board meeting with a bunch of crackers sitting there in ties and who don't know how anything works to say, why aren't we offering any solutions for this raspberry pie I keep hearing about? I don't think I hear you, Rich. Oh, I got to click the button. Yeah, with ESXi 7, vSphere 7 coming out uh, beginning of the month, uh, there was supposed to be a, a companion announcement of ESXi for ARM running on a Raspberry Pi. And so far, I have not seen that announcement yet. I know, and I but know I, it sounds dumb, but I don't know what they're waiting for. They yeah, could completely own the market. So I don't think VMware gets it. I don't... Um, and, and basically, the way they're they're talking about it is, uh, you know, I, I kind of think of IoT as a derogatory term. There have always been things on the internet that you're making crap up right now, or the edge computing. And I'm like, it's always been on the edge. You know, you're you're talking as though the cloud was the norm. It's not. So VMware is seeing ESXi on IoT devices on the edge as a security issue to push out updates or to secure the network. They're not thinking of it as a compute device, which I, I'm a little irritated at with four gigs of RAM, and I'm sure they're only going to go up on the Raspberry Pi and other devices. You know, somebody's going to come out, just as you say, competition, that whether it's Banana Pi or, you know, Orange Pi or whoever, uh, Friendly ELEC is going to come out with a board that has double what Raspberry Pi has, and that may be true in the future, in a year, ten years from now. They, I think they really need to get on board with the idea that it's not Edge, it's not IoT, it is a compute platform. Well, and that is the truth that I think it's going to be difficult for everyone to understand. This, I hate to say it like this, because if you've watched Silicon Valley, They've been truth tellers, fortune tellers of what future computing is going to be. Distributed, non-centralized computing is a future. And it's a future that is, is open to making a hell of a lot of money for whoever is able to fill that niche. Um, I do think edge computing will finally gain hold. Because look, two years ago, I predicted PWA uh, pro um, progressive web apps were going to take over. This is the year where they're going to start to take over. Granted, it's probably going to take another two or three years for them to really catch on and to dismantle, to, to dethrone installable apps on iPhones and Androids, which I hate to say was Steve Jobs' original goal from the beginning was progressive web apps, and I think it's going to take over. Edge computing, I'm sorry to say, I think it's unfortunately going to take at least three to four years for industries, pipelines, development streams to actually understand how to truly distribute workflows onto your local network and to the greater network to where you could have 
anything computed near instantaneously using these small edge devices. Um, Cause like, I firmly believe our children and our children, children are not going to know what it means to run out of disk space. I firmly believe our children's 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 will not understand what it means to wait for things to get done computing. Mm-hmm. It, and I, uh, was it? I've got a i7 Gen 7 Nook with, did I put 64 gigs of RAM in it? And I was using, let's see, I was uh, compiling the code for my 3D printer. I couldn't tell you how much faster it ran than on my Mac, my 8-year-old Mac. So, yeah, crap's getting better. Smaller, cheaper, all that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, in honor of dual screens uh, in the live chat, which I will say, really nice guys, really good podcast. They've splintered their podcast up now. If you check out dual screens on iTunes, what you'll find out is they have a multiples, different types of podcasts all coming down the same feed. I'm guessing they're going to separate them out sooner or later, but I am a huge fan of passionate gamers and again dual screens podcast go check them out but in honor of them i wanted to bring this one up um and it's called um one gx mini gaming laptop okay o-n-e space gx mini gaming laptop everything we know so far and this is a lil putin link which again i just love saying lil putin um this is basically a it used to be called like netbook is what I'm going to say. Cause it's an eight point, it's a seven inch to 8.4 inch screen. Um, it's a mini gaming laptop, seven inch display. Intel tiger Lake is what they're assuming it's going to have. Um, 5g, they say it's going to have 5g connectivity. So quite literally you could open this thing up and on a seven inch screen have unbelievably low latency if you're on the right supported network and have multiplayer gaming on it and if you go all the way down in this article on um uh lil putin there's uh five pictures one of the pictures compares it to a nintendo switch which why wouldn't you but the third picture also includes a wireless controller that is going to be an ad hoc thing you can buy with it. So you can literally pop open this seven inch screen, type on your key, key, uh, keyboard, enter your emails, type out more long form context kind of things. And then you could literally connect your wireless controller to it and play things like Stadia, like NVIDIA GeForce, and who knows what's going to be available here in the future to play games. But I will say, um, this is the kind of device I love seeing to come out because it's an Intel base. You could also load Steam, which means you could load almost anything on it. Um, I'm never going to buy one of these things. I'm terrified to see how much it costs, but I think it's sexy as hell. It's kind of like the same reason I don't go to a strip club because I can't actually enjoy what's there. See, that, that's why I, I, I don't know how many times I've been to one since I've been married. I think zero. Um, but I, I used to joke I'd go twice a year and you'd leave the same way you went in because you got to look at stuff you never got to have well the only time i've been is for bachelor parties where i just like look at these people like what are you doing i don't think you guys understand this is all an illusion you so just, just go home and turn on the internet um next time we, we got a private moment remind remind me to tell you a story about the canadian ballet canadian ballet got it um i will just say if you take a look at some of these pictures i'll just put it like this the Nintendo 64 controller was one of the ugliest damn things I've ever seen in my life. The Xbox One um, controller, um, oh God, hear what it's called. The, uh, not, not the Brute, but the Buck, ah, whatever it was called. And then the Steam controller are some of the ugliest controllers I've ever seen in my life. But in the hand, the Nintendo 64 controller and the Duke for the Xbox, the original Xbox, and the Steam controller are some of the most comfortable controllers I've ever had in my life. Something tells me this might be one of the ugliest damn controllers called the 1GX, multi-shape, prepare, ready for Star Trek, whatever the hell that means, controller. But it might actually be one of the most comfortable controllers that wouldn't shock me. Um, I love people that innovate. I cannot say it again. I love people that challenge the norm. If you're not, if there isn't a certain percentage of people looking at you saying you're stupid, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Then to me, you're not interesting. These people are taking a risk. I have no problem saying that because they're going to lose money. They're going to lose a lot of money. 
Um, and like, you know, we thought the $180 board was like overkill line one, two, three, five in the notes, Rich. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this board yes, or not. I did. I read it. Um, yeah. The Raspberry Pi alternative has an eighth generation <sighs> Intel core processor. Paul's, I believe we're up to 10th gen. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm 99% no, sure no. We're, we're up to 10th gen. This is an 8th generation Intel Core processor and 16 gig of RAM, but will cost you almost $800. So this is like the Ducati of motorcycles. This is the Rolls Royce of cars kind of thing. If you really want to just throw money at something, you can get this. And it, honestly, the form factor is remarkably small for what it is. This literally goes up. It starts out at an Intel i5 8th generation starting at $783, but it literally goes up to an i7 processor. And this thing has on board, okay, the processor, a single non-EEC DDR4 SDM RAM slot supporting up to 16 gigs of RAM, aka you buy your own RAM, a Pico ITX form factor. I've never heard of that, but dang, it is small. A dual HDMI 1.4B ports, two gigabit ports, SATA six gig one port, a GPIO times four, USB 3.2. Okay, I'm sorry, stopping there right there. USB 3.2 is three times faster than oh. USB 3.0. Oh. Okay, it is literally Thunderbolt type speeds. That is unbelievably fast, and it has um two on the rear and it has a two pin header for expanded. It also has M SATA PCI one X uh, and it has a 12 volt. It looks like terminal block. Uh, this is the kind of device you get. If you literally want something incredibly minute in size, but yet to be able to perform like something out of a Hollywood movie is the way that I'll put it. If you insist on having something that can fit in a, like a classic lunchbox, but yet play the highest of like games that have ever existed or play everything in the crispest of like dual 4k monitors, then you're going to unfortunately have to spend $800 on this board. That, yeah. The, like you said, Ducati of motorcycles. Yep. I say that. And honestly, look, I'm a stat guy. I have direct access to the National Transportation Highway Safety Board numbers. And I know for a fact, once I was over the age of 40, the likelihood of me owning a motorcycle and dying plummeted drastically. That doesn't mean I've been able to convince the wife, but it's still true. So I still hold out that maybe with this stimulus money, because I know I like getting stimulated, maybe I can get a motorcycle. <laughs> but I know that's not happening. Um, uh, I'd be surprised if you qualify for it. The stimulus money? Yeah. I already got it today. No way. Hey, dude, almost everybody qualifies for it. As long as you make less than, I want to say it was $120,000 per person, you qualify for it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a government employee, dude. I'm a government employee. Trust me, I qualify for it. Um, okay, this, this one I had to mention is to 1241 in the notes. And the main reason... I wanted to bring this one, Rich, was because as soon as I looked at it and saw it, I had to literally reread this article at least 20 times. And by reading it, I'm lying. I listened to it about 20 times because I can't read nothing without having almost like a panic attack, nervous breakdown. Okay. Adding, okay, it was at colabra.com. I've never heard of them before. C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A. -L -L okay. Adding mainline arm frame buffer compression support for rock chip. Ooh, this is like propeller hat. This is like gray beard. This is where you're sitting in a room with like people who've been in computers for 20 years and you start talking and nobody knows what you're talking about. This is how nerdy this topic is. All I'm going to say about this is all this means is the core graphics engine used by processors like the RK3399, a.k.a. not the proprietary GPUs like the Raspberry Pi, not the proprietary GPUs like Samsung's, not the proprietary GPUs like NVIDIA, but the open GPUs like in the normal, in air quotes, ARM chip, the lower-priced ARM chips, 
are going to start to get mainline support in the Linux kernel itself, which just means in the future years, the super cheap open ARM boards are going to be much, much, much more competitive with what you would see in a Samsung device, in what you would see in a NVIDIA-based device like an NVIDIA, like a Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is really, really, really hmm. good news for the open community and for graphics presentation in the future. And I'll say it like this. One of the first things that they're putting in the mainline is the RK3399 chip. And I don't care who you are. You can go back a year in this show, and I was pushing how important and how devastating it, this RK33 process was going to be onto the ecosystem, and it's still holding true. This processor is still going to be one of the preliminary, like, premier processors for any device to use moving forward for probably the next 8 to 12 months still because it was that overpowered. In fact, software developers still have not even came close to hitting its peak production. They estimate they've only hit about 65% peak efficiency, which means everything running a RK3399 processor will still slowly increase in performance, in efficiency, and in power usage over the next like 18 months. So I still feel really confident in things like the Pinebook Pro, which runs an RK3399 processor, the uh, Rock 64, which is running an RK32 processor. I think the Pine people made a very intelligent choice in picking that processor. But yeah, I read this, I listened to this article at least 10 times, Rich, and all I got was the graphics bus, the engine behind the graphics bus on, and I can't even remember all the boards that use this, but a lot of them use this. MediaTek uses this. Rock uses this. There's like three or four more that all use it. And all of them are going to see an incredible benefit in ease of creating software and quickness in response rate and resolution and thing in future products using these chipsets. So I feel really good about bringing this, this article, even though I'm sure 99% of the people that go to this website, click this link, ain't going to understand it, including me. So I got a question for you. Line twelve forty. Why'd you bookmark that? Uh, now it's line twelve forty one because I shifted things. If you go oh. to the left, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. So the two you convert. I've got a two you device right here, and the thing that sucks about it is I haven't tried this software on it, but you can't hack it. You have to, or by Wi-Fi at least, and they ultrasonically weld the plastic case. So you would have to cut it open and maybe 3D print a new case or cut it on the back side so it doesn't look like, you know, real crap. Uh, I've got a couple of these plugs in, believe it or not, uh, a coffee machine with a timer is like 15 bucks. But if you want a water kettle with a timer, it's like 100 bucks. I got a $15 water kettle in one of these, and my water kettle boils water at 7 a.m. And then I pour it on my instant coffee. So, but I would love to have this run with my home automation software. And to do that, I would need the 2U Convert to do it. I'm not sure. I've tried this one to hack it by Wi-Fi, and it hasn't hacked Wi-Fi. I may actually have to Dremel this thing open and reprogram it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is definitely the people who want to repurpose extremely low-cost sorry to say this, but Chinese Alibaba AliExpress products, if you want to buy them in bulk and re-like purpose, it would be great. So the, the short of it, if you guys aren't familiar with this stuff, so ESP2, I always do this wrong. I always want to say 286. It's like 2688. Whatever the ESP Wi-Fi chip, it's dirt cheap. So Tuya allows other companies to brand their products, but they harvest data from the users. So they actually don't want you to hack them and put something like Tasmodo on it and have you integrated into your home automation system, which is what I've been doing. So when I see power strips or plugs like this come up for sale and at a discount, I usually pick them up. Unfortunately, there are some versions of this that you can hack, and the ones with the updated firmware, you can't hack by Wi-Fi. You have to cut them open. So I, I have this sitting on my desk because it's a reminder. Maybe I'm going to 3D print a case for it and just crack this thing like a nut. Yeah, I mean, um, there are two types of people in the world. 
There are people who are function over form, and there are people who are form over function. I am most definitely a function over form. I don't care what it looks like. Let me rephrase that. I admire attractiveness, but it's not a requirement. If something is more functional than it is beautiful, I'm okay with it, so I'll say. Um, yeah, this seems like almost like a hacker's paradise is what I'll say. Oh, yeah. Throwing Tasmoto software on these devices, these two devices, just does so much for them because then you have MQTT control from something like Home Automation Assistant or any other, you know, Home Automation Hub will do MQTT, um, which is kind of like Wi-Fi CAN bus, basically. Uh, you know, there's broadcast messages. And uh, that's what I do a lot of. A lot of my house does MQTT stuff. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to spread fear, uncertainty, or doubt, labeled FUD, F-U-D, which honestly, people like Bill Gates were, were great at. Tangent. Why anybody would listen to a billionaire philanthropist who stole 80% of his technology about health stuff is kind of beyond me. I don't listen to my auto mechanic about child rearing advice is my example. I'm not going to listen to a billionaire guy who stole most of his technology about health. You know, maybe I'm, I'm unusual. I'll also say thank you for um, uh, Charles Frost for coming out tonight. But this is a link I had to post. I had to share only because there is some truth to it. Okay. If you have IoT devices on your network, I don't care what kind of IoT devices they are. I don't care if they're smart switches. I don't care if they're smart hubs. I don't care if they're smart door locks. I don't care if they're smart coffee makers. I don't care if they're smart refrigerators. I don't care if they're smart thermostats. I don't care if they're smart cameras. I don't care what the hell they are. They need to be on a separate network. If you're spending the money on a smart device, you need to also spend the money on another router, another wireless router, and segment all of your devices, all those smart devices onto that network. Here's the example I'll use. At work, we are supposed to have two networks. One networks has all of the administrative assistants, all of the executives, all of the people working in like telecom, dealing with customers on one network. And the other network has credit card information, secure transactions, personal identifiable information, and the two networks should never meet. Your house needs to be the same damn thing. All of your IoT stuff needs to be segmented on its own network. And here's an article over at Ars Technica, and it's called Dark Underscored Nexus. And I encourage you, do your own investigation on Dark Underscored Nexus because you're not going, you're going to want to instantaneously go and unplug your smart device. Okay, this is quite possibly the most potent IT botnet ever. It's because its scalability and its easiness, in air quotes, for them to pivot what it's doing. Um, a lot of companies have put a lot of money into DDoS protection, and they've been really successful at thwarting some of the biggest attacks that have happened in the last year and a half, two years. If you notice, we haven't seen sites like Facebook go down in air quotes for a while. But with this kind of botnet coming online, I can guarantee you this. We are on the precipice of having, I mean, you think this pandemic is like hurting people and making them upset and making, giving them social cognitive disorders? Just wait till the internet goes down because too many people have old, outdated garage door openers or smart cameras in their house that they can't get rid of that are secretly pwned by this dark underscore nexus. And then they have it linked on the same network as their, you know, Apple MacBook and their Windows Surface Pro kind of thing. Um, because when this thing gets on a network, it looks for anything with uh, there, there's a list of like chipsets that have native vulnerabilities baked into the processors. Where it, once this thing gets on the network, it spews out and takes care of anything else. Me personally, I have three different networks in my house. I have my streaming production business network. I have my own personal network where I do my off things, and then I have the network where the wife and kids can do whatever the hell they want. I don't care. 
If they get pwned, it's their own damn fault. But I segregate things out with three different routers. It's actually four different routers because there's the core router that just connects to the other three routers. One router is my personal streaming. One router is my personal personal. And one router is for the family. And it includes the IoT stuff because, you know, they can all just burn at all the same time. Segregation can be a good thing. It wasn't a good thing in the history of America, but perception is reality and times are changing. Seg right now to segment out, to segregate your digital things into different networks is really the smart thing to do. Yeah, I saw that article. I, I definitely got to read up on that. Well, I'll just put it like this. Here's another thing that's going to change, Rich, okay? Because we've already been going on for a while. I don't even know. Over an hour. Perfect timing. Um, I am going to do one thing different, and that is every single link that happens to show up in our spreadsheet, I'm going to add to the notes anyway. The ones we mentioned will be at the top. Everything we don't mention will be below. Here's the real reason I'm doing that. I want you, the listener, if you want to, to literally, as you're listening to the show, click the, the album art, click the artwork for it, and then click on it again, and you'll see all the notes to the show. The notes will also give you links to patreon.com slash the mini PC show, where if you enjoy not being interrupted every three to five to 15 minutes with ads for disgusting things, whether it be NordVPN, Trello, um, Better Health, I mean, all these things that really are disingenuous as hell. If you don't like getting those ads, then you can support us directly at patreon.com slash the mini PC show. Links are in the notes. Or if you want to join us on separate platforms, they're also in the notes. Or if you want to send us a voicemail at 7076podnut, you can do it there. Or if you would like to send us an email, you can send us an email directly at minipc at podnut.com. But in those notes, it's also going to contain every single link that we didn't actually bring up in the show to where you could say, hey, this was cool. This was important. Why didn't you bring it up? Thus, it will give me, Rich, Brian, Brett, anybody else more content to talk about the next week. For sure. And, uh, you know, just before we close, I, I just want to mention I, I have been playing with Docker um, and cross-architecture Docker. So whether it's x86 or Raspberry Pi, and I've been setting up a Docker Swarm and playing with it. So uh, Docker is quite interesting. It is, and it's one of those things, it's like a sous vide. <laughs> once you understand it, once you got it, once you, I hate using this word, once you grok it, it makes sense. I'm not there yet. I've used it here and there. I've used it off and on every now and then, but I don't really get the reason why I should stop using VMs, stop using mm -hmm. native installs, and just use Docker. Yeah, I, I could go into it, but I, I know you want to wind up. Um, the, where, where was it, sous vide? Oh, yeah, I was going to grab you the link. And uh, it just, oh, uh, I was able to download a Docker. This is x86, Docker Swarm with a load balancer and uh, Lucy, which is the open source Cold Fusion. And I was also able to inject Lucy into a Tomcat arm docker container so i i thought that was kind of cool so I, i'm learning I'm, I'm getting there very cool very cool yep uh and rich i'll ask if people want to connect with you and for some reason they don't want to open the notes because it's literally all right in the notes uh, what's the easiest way for people to connect well flyingrich.com on flying youtube.com slash flying rich and i'm flying rich on twitter so uh gives you a whole bunch of places definitely if you go to flyingrich.com you can do the contact me and i'll read your notes and get back to you yeah and then whenever we get a replacement for google plus then we can promote that too but it still hasn't happened oh yeah i know um i don't think we actually had any new emails um we have uh, the last one was uh, February. Uh, thank you, Chad Baker, being our newest patron, which reminds me, I have to upgrade our Patreon list where we call out Patreoners in the beginning of the show because we definitely have new ones. So note to self, I will upgrade that. Um, I'll also say again, thanks for everyone for coming out. Thanks everyone for participating. Again, we come, we live every, try to, every Wednesday night around 9 p.m. on uh, YouTube is the main portal for all of our communications. Um, if you would prefer a different method of communication, all you do is let me know. Again, mini PC at I want to thank Rich. 
I want to thank everyone for hanging out with me. And do not forget, if there's ever been a time you should randomly contact somebody from your past, recent past, or far past, and just ask them, how are you feeling? I'm pretty sure February, or sorry, April 2020 would be a damn good time for that. And with that stated, I love you, Rich. I love you, Brian. I love you, Brett. I'll talk to you guys again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. 